Welcome to News of the Times. This podcast is aimed for those with a passion for history and the human story. Through actual news articles of our past, I review the social media stories of their day, touching upon the lives, trends and world of the everyday person. I am Robin Coles and this is News of the Times. The Time, 1749 to 1751. The Headlines. The 25th of March is legally New Year's Day for the last time in England and Wales through the adoption of the Gregorian calendar. Frederick, Prince of Wales, dies at Leicester House in London from a lung injury and is succeeded by his son, the future George III of the United Kingdom as heir apparent to the throne. The Gin Act becomes law requiring government inspection of distilleries and restricting sales to licensed premises. Dr John Wall and partners establish a porcelain factory in Worcester, the Worcester Tonquin Manufactory the origin of Royal Worcester. Westminster Bridge is officially opened for the general public to use. It becomes the only fixed crossing of the River Thames between London Bridge and Putney at the time. The British settlement of Halifax, Nova Scotia is founded. The second part of John Cleland's erotic novel, Fanny Hill, Memoirs of a Woman of Pleasure is published in London. The author is released from debtor's prison in March. A corpse riot breaks out in Glasgow after a body disappears from a churchyard in the Gorbals district. Suspicion falls on anatomy students at the Glasgow infirmary with claims that they had raised a dead body from the grave and carried it to their college for dissection. As a consequence, groups of citizens begin to make regular patrols of church graveyards. Two weeks after police in Paris arrest six teenagers for gambling in the suburb of Saint-Laurent, rioting breaks out when a rumour spreads that plainclothes policemen are hauling off small children between the ages of 5 to 10 years old in order to provide blood to an ailing aristocrat. Our headline story comes from the Derby Mercury, November 1749, Jail Escape Attempt. Last Saturday night, several most notorious and desperate housebreakers and street robbers confined in the new jail in Southwark made an attempt to escape and in order to succeed the better in their scheme, did, for several nights before, make a continual noise, knocking against the walls of the room, and gave out that the jail was haunted by the apparitions of some persons that had been executed from thence, and some others who had lately died there. This passed for a good joke amongst them, it being pretended to be done to surprise one 
Chandler, a person in confinement for robbery near Deptford, who lay in a room adjoining, and lately has been seized with great horror caused by some frightful dream. At about nine o'clock at night, the man that used to watch at, on nights in the yard being taken ill, they took that opportunity to give a large quantity of poison to a valuable mastiff bitch belonging to the keeper kept in the yard adjoining their apartment, whom, upon the least noise, never failed to alarm the watchman, etc. The bitch, being found dead in the morning, gave the turnkey a suspicion that there was a design formed by some of the prisoners to make their escape, and, upon an examination, he found that several of them had got their irons off, and with the help of some iron bars belonging to the fireplace, they had made a large breach in the wall near the chimney, it being a place where some felons had formerly made their escape through. They were weak enough to imagine that this was more easy to be effected in that part, but they had got a considerable way in the wall, found their mistake, and to their great surprise was sufficiently fenced with large bars of iron which put a stop to their work. The keeper has since taken especial care to secure nine of the most wicked and desperate by ironing and chaining them down to a staple in the condemned room. From the Derby Mercury, November 1749, a bill will be brought in next sessions of Parliament to make it a felony without benefit of clergy in any person or persons attempting to exhort money under pretense of swearing that detestable crime of sodomy against innocent persons. This pernicious practice has long reigned, notwithstanding the frequent examples made of those who are wicked enough to follow it. And it is a pity even the laws in being to punish this offence were not better known. It would prevent the ruin of many innocent persons from a false modesty submitting themselves a prey to those dangerous radicals, rather than openly defending their innocence in a court of justice. But by this law is hoped this mischievous practice, a scandal to all law and justice, will be effectually prevented, and innocent persons for the future be better secured in characters and fortunes from the wicked attempt of such infamous villains. Advertisement from the Ipswich Journal, March 1749. Edward Fulgham, from Soham in the county of Cambridge, has lately taken the King's Arms in Stoke, in the county of Norfolk, the most commodious inn, which Mr. James Gardner deceits, lately kept where all gentlemen and others may depend upon finding a glass of neat wine and other liquors, civil usage, and a hearty welcome from their humble servant, Edward Fulgham. From the Derby Mercury, August 1750. Sodomy. On Friday night, last stood in the pillory for the second time Robert Forster, an old offender pursuant to a sentence passed upon him at Hicks Hall, for exhorting money and swearing sodomy against a gentleman. 
He was further condemned to suffer three years of imprisonment and afterwards to find security for his good behaviour. Advertisement from the Ipswich Journal, June 1749. This is to give notice that there will be a main of cocks fought at Edward Mandy's at Downham Bridge, the gentleman of Ely against the gentleman of Norfolk to weigh the 28th and the 29th of the instant, June 1749. From the Derby Mercury, November 1749. Human hair thievery. Last week, James Wood, brother to Peter Wood and William Wood, now living at the Star in the Strand, was committed to a new prison by Henry Fielding Esquire, one of His Majesty's Justices of the Peace, for stealing a large quantity of human hair from Mr. Burker, hair merchant in the Strand, who hath been elicited and offered a bond for £100 by the said Peter Wood to appear against his brother, James Wood, at the sessions at the Old Bailey. From the Ipswich Journal, June 1749. On Monday, fifteen barbers were convicted before Thomas Ely's Esquire, one of His Majesty's Justices of the Peace, for exercising their trades on the Lord's Day, and were fined five shillings each. From the Derby Mercury, November 1749, Attack. Tuesday morning, about six o'clock, the watchman having left his stand, the corner house adjoining to New Court, Throgmorton Street, a washerwoman, who was attacked, coming to work at the said house, two lusty fellows having concealed themselves in the said court as the woman was ringing the bell. One of the fellows came out of the court to her. She asked what he did there, or whether he was not going to rob the house, to which he replied, no, and said he did not know what he might do, upon which he struck her some very severe blows with his stick upon her arms, and made her cry out. Then the other fellow appeared, and took out a long knife, and swore he would stick her if she made a noise, which put the woman in great fear of her life. Very possibly the house would have been robbed had not there appeared some people going to work, upon which the villains made off. It is much to be wished care was taken to oblige the watch not to leave their stands till daylight, and people begin to open their shops, and that the watch should narrowly inspect the courts and passages in the several streets of the town, there being so much housebreaking of late, by people's careless leaving of ladders about the streets and passages, and negligence of the watch. The Act of Parliament directs that from Michaelmas to Lady Day, the watch should continue until seven. From the Derby Mercury, January 1750, Assize. Yesterday the sessions ended at the Old Bailey, where eight prisoners were tried, one of whom was capitally convicted, John Hughes, for robbing William Lawrence of a hat near the Fleet Market. Five were cast for transportation and two acquitted. At this sessions, Thirteen received sentences of death. One transportation for fourteen years, 
34 transportation for seven years, and two were branded. From the Derby Mercury, June 1749, Pirates of Barbary. The Pirates of Barbary have begun to appear again in these parts, and we hear they, they have lately taken a vessel from Ischia laden with wine and made slaves of the crew. Upon advice of this, the king's galleys have received orders to sail without delay in order to give chase to these pirates. From the Newcastle Current, January 1749, Lost Vessels A most melancholy piece of news. Last night, about 8 p.m., they came ashore at a place called Kearney the Wolf, Sloop of War, Captain Vichel, who, with ninety of his men, his wife and sister-in-law, are lost. About thirty of the corpses are thrown on shore, as the rest, tis likely, will next tide, with part of the effects, if the wind continues in the same point. There is not one officer saved, except the gunner. I am sorry to let you know that most of the corpses have been stripped and plundered by the people before it was known by those who would have prevented it. Some few effects are come ashore and safely lodged. We found ten pounds in the captain's pocket and his watch. There are also at Dundrum three other vessels lost, one of this port, another with sugar and cotton from Portsmouth, and the other with herrings from England. Advertisement from Pew's Occurrences, November 1749. Quality tar water. Just arrived from Dronheim at Heatley's Tar and Tar Water Shop, next the Parliament House and opposite the College, a large fresh parcel of the right genuine liquid Norway tar in barrels, half barrels and quarter casks, which in smoothness and thinness exceeds and hitherto imported. As it is mixeth more blandly and easily with the water, so it impregnates with a peculiar briskness and spirit, and is not attended with that nausea and remembrance so offensive to people of delicacy. N.B. Printed directions to make the water are given gratis to those who buy the tar. Any quantity whereof may be had at said shop by wholesale or retail, and printed bills are given as usual to prevent mistakes. From Pew's Occurrences, November 1749. Whereas it has been industriously reported by some evil-minded persons that William Burke, Esquire, Counselor at Law, abetted, encouraged, and affected James Castle together in the county of Galway to assault and affront his brother-in-law, Redmond Kelly, in the town of Donmore on the 21st of this month. This is to assure the public that the said report is false, scandalous, and malicious without ground, probability, or roundation. But as the supported authors of this calumny and slander, having already attempted to deprive me of my entire fortune, 
without giving me the least consideration for the same, and as their iniquitous attempts have proved successless and abortive, the public who have heard of these transactions must be very little surprised at this expedient to take away my character in order to injure me in my profession. But I flatter myself that my behaviour, public and private, will sufficiently vindicate me from so gross an aspersion, more especially when it is considered who my calminators are. Yet I am not conscious to myself that I have deserved such hard treatment, and on reflection I can suggest to myself no other reason for these severe attacks. But because I resolutely and determinately defended my property, vindicated the honour of my father, whose memory was transduced by reflections on his morals, religion, and sincerity. Whoever discovers the authors of the said report, so they may be properly punished, shall have five guineas. William Burke From the Derby Mercury, November 1749 Lottery. It is said there will be a lottery next year for a million and a half pounds to bear interest of three and a half per cent. From the Derby Mercury, November 1749. Quarantine. By a letter from Marseille in France, we are informed that three ships from the Levant attempting to enter the port were refused entrance by the commandant who ordered them to perform a quarantine of six weeks, to which they were enabled by stores being sent on board for their subsistence. The same letter makes mention that a ship, laden with cotton, had been deserted by the crew to prevent performing quarantine. As said, they being fickly and in great distress, upon which an order had been given for the burning of the said ship and cargo, and that it had accordingly been put into execution. From the Aberdeen Press and Journal, October 1750. Upon Monday the 10th of last March, three persons were brought to the Market Cross in order to be there publicly whipped for buying yarn of the weavers embezzled by them from the manufacturers who employed them. Pursuant to a late Act of Parliament made of the security of trade in that respect, upon the occasion a considerable number of weavers, Monday being generally an idle day with them more assembled seemingly as spectators, and two of the criminals were accordingly whipped without any appearance of disturbance. But upon a third being tied to the post, the people either moved by a false pity or foolishly looking upon that to be an act of oppression, which was only a piece of justice, began to be very clamorous and rude, insomuch that the magistrate had a very just reason to apprehend that it would not be safe or prudent to proceed any further at that time, and therefore carried the prisoners back to the House of Correction and sent to ask advice of the neighbouring justices of the peace what was proper for them to do, there being three more to be whipped. His opinion was that they should apply for the assistance of the military power 
and the constables, in compliance with his judgment, waited upon Captain G, the commanding officer at the time, who very readily granted that request. From the Ipswich Journal, March 1749, Miscellaneous Sentencing. We hear that informations are made against several eminent tradesmen for encouraging and purchasing large quantities of goods from smugglers. On Saturday, about noon, ended the assizes for this county held at the Castle of Winton before the Honourable Sir Michael Foster, Knight, and the Honourable Henage Leg, Esquire, when the three following persons received sentences of death. John Tucker, for stealing a gelding and a saddle, the property of Andrew Warsham of Totten in this county, Richard Bone, for robbing the house of John Matthews of Bishop's Waltham in the night-time of six silver spoons, the property of said Matthew, and Robert Fairclough, otherwise Fairclough, for being concerned in murdering Richard Dunn, mariner, near this town about five years ago, the particulars of which murder I sent you three months ago. Atwood Hillman and Mary Slade ordered for transportation, Richard Scorey, Thomas Hendrick Shieldman and John Lane burnt in the hand, George Brittany to stand in the pillory for sodomy, Thomas Mortimer, John Dent and Richard Tozer to be whipped. Henry Sherman, concerned in the murder of Mr. Galley and Charter, ordered to be removed to Suffolk to make his trial. John Smith, condemned and concerned in the murder of Richard Dunn, on whose evidence Fairclough was convicted, was ordered to remain until the next assizes. Advertisement from the Ipswich Journal, March 1749. To be sold. Very cheap. A very handsome light chariot, lined with scarlet cloth, the wheels almost new, and hammer cloth very fresh and good, with harness and a pair of horses. Inquiries to Mr. Thomas Hopkins at the sign of the three tons in Oxford near Saxmund in Norfolk. From the Derby Mercury, January 1750. Whereas it has been represented to this court that the tanners within the county have very frequently bought and still continue to buy raw hides of such cattle as were at the time of their death infected with the contagious distemper now raging amongst the horned cattle within this kingdom. And the court taking the same into their consideration are of the opinion that such a practice is a plain means very greatly to increase and spread the said distemper. The court determines to put all the laws and orders into the strictest execution, and therefore doth order, and it is hereby ordered, that all tanners within this county who shall either buy or cause to be bought any rawhide or any ox, bull, cow, calf, steer or heifer without a lawful certificate for the selling of the same under the hand and seal of some of his majesty's justices of the peace or commissioners of the land tax 
according to the laws and orders for such purposes made, shall be prosecuted with the utmost rigour and severity that may be by law. From the Derby Mercury, November 1749. Monday night, a gentleman was robbed of his hat and wig at the corner of Primrose Street near Norton Folgate. But the villain being closely pursued was taken near the tenter grounds and the same night secured. And on Tuesday was committed to Newgate. He belongs to the numerous gangs that infests Moorfields. Advertisement from Pew's Occurrences, November 1749, printed by Richard Pew at Dick's Coffee House in Skinner Row, where advertisements are taken in for this paper and printing work done reasonably. From Pew's Occurrences, November 1749, Celebrations. Sunday, being the anniversary of the gunpowder plot, the Right Honourable the House of Lords went to Christchurch, where an excellent sermon was preached by the Right Reverend Ordinary Bishop of Raphoe. The Honourable the House of Commons went to St Andrew's Church, where an excellent sermon was preached by the Reverend Mr Robert Johnson. At noon, the park guns were fired, and at night there were bonfires and other rejoicings. Same day, Mr Andrew Tubby, Tallow Chandler, dropped dead suddenly at his house in Meath Street. You have been listening to the News of the Times, 1749 through 1751, and I am Robin Coles. Thank you for listening to News of the Times. New episodes incorporating a new span of time from history will be updated weekly. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and subscribe. You can also check out our sister channel, Simply Stories, found on all your favourite podcast apps.